And Susan Price. And today's episode is investing in the next generation. So today's a big day because it's season two and we finally have our first guest and we are super, super excited. (laughs) We love sharing guests with y'all and um, her name is Rebecca George. She is from South Mississippi and that's the beautiful thing about social media. I mean, there can be some bad downfalls with it, but the good thing is the connections that you make and the people you find. Yes. And I don't even know if it was through a hashtag or if it just came up on like the explore tab, but we found her, we loved her, her content. And I'd listened to her podcast a little bit because she does have her own and she'll tell you a little bit more about that. But we made that connection and she so graciously agreed to be on the podcast with us today. And we are so excited to have her here. We're just going to let her tell you a little bit about herself and then we'll get started. Awesome. Well, girls, I am so excited to be here. As we were talking before we hit record, it's so fun as a podcast host to every once in a while be on the other side of the mic and get to share about something you're passionate about. And so that's super fun. But yeah, my name is Rebecca George and I live in South Mississippi in a very small town, which is new to me. I lived in Knoxville, Tennessee for most of my life leading up until my wedding last year. So this is a whole new season for me and for us. And I'm a pastor's wife. My husband's a lead pastor down here. And uh, my heart really is walking alongside women in their calling and their creative mission that is unique to them, right? We all have different gifts and talents and and, uh, things we're passionate about that can be used to further the kingdom and further the gospel. And so I think we're all equipped with different ways to do that. And so my kind of community podcast, all the things is called do the thing movement. So kind of the thought is like a movement of women kind of centered around making God known and through everything that they're doing. So that's my heart and what I spend a lot of time doing and and writing about. I'm working on a book, which is feels crazy to say. Maybe we'll get to talk about that one day. And it's so fun to just kind of partner with God in that and, and see other women kind of walk in freedom in what God's gifted them with and make him known in that. So I love it because we have the same passion Mm -hmm. and it's such a testament to like, there are so many people that can still do the same thing. We take, we do a podcast, you do a podcast, but we all can't reach the same people when we talked about that. And and it's just such a testament that we need more women to come alongside of us. Like we can't do this alone. So, you know, it's, it's so cool to be able to talk to someone else who is doing the same thing, but ultimately we have the same goal and it's just sharing the gospel and reaching more people. So yeah. that's so exciting. We're so glad you're here with us today. I love it. Well, I'm excited to talk about one of my favorite things. So like I, we talked and tossed around a few different things and I've, I recently had several conversations on my show as well about discipleship and investing in the next generation. And man, if there was ever a time to have conversations around that, I think it's now. And um, so I'm excited to kind of talk through some of this today. So I'll just, I'll just jump in. Yeah, yeah. let's go. Ah, okay. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So there's one story that I love telling that kind of I think gets us off on the right foot and it is kind of a childhood memory that comes to mind as I think of the posture of my heart when I'm seeking discipleship or I'm seeking mentorship. And 
it's this memory from when I was in elementary school. So we were in recess one day and I was probably in like third or fourth grade. And it was like the grade where you start playing kickball. Do you know what I mean? Like you're playing organized games during either recess or like gym class. So I remember going down to the baseball field and my gym teacher had this red dodgeball in his hand and I had no idea what we were about to do with it. And we get down to the field and we split up in teams and God has gifted me with a lot of things, but athletic <laughs> potential in terms of a, like anything related to a ball is just not my thing. It never has been. And I don't know that it ever will be. And so we split up into teams and we do that like grueling thing where you like, like the teams pick their teams and you're like picked next to last and the whole thing. Right. And so we get in our teams and then we like start playing and I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> like I vividly remember what that baseball field looked like. And I vividly remember thinking, I know nothing about kickball. Like <laughs> I missed the class where somebody explained like what's going on here. Like I knew nothing about baseball to even like know like the fundamentals of like you step up to the thing, you kick the ball, then you like run to first base. Like none of that did I understand. Right. I was an only child. I did not spend a lot of time like playing sports growing up. I played school. I like made crafts. Like I was like the girl that did things with her hands and I just athletic stuff was not my jam. And so I just remember that feeling that like in deep inside of me of like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And as I think about that, it makes me think of just moments in my life where I've sought a mentor or someone's really poured into me and in a much more serious way <laughs> has kind of met me in that same moment of, I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. Right. And so that's kind of one thing I love sharing is just, I think we all have those moments. We've all met people in those same moments and it's vital, right? It's a vital part of our walk with, with God is being poured into and then pouring into other people. And I had a conversation not that long ago with an author named Melissa Kruger. She's kind of in, um, she's on the gospel coalitions team and she just wrote a book called growing together. It's a really great resource for your listeners about discipleship, about investing in the next generation. And she said something that really stuck with me. She said, I don't mentor people to look more like me. Mm. I want to make them look more like Jesus. Amen. And I think as we look at generational differences and everything people, you know, have to say about millennials or Gen Z kiddos, if you're thinking, you know, you're the older person investing into somebody younger than you, we have a lot of preferences. We have a lot of tendencies. Each generation has those. But I think if we come back to kind of the unity that comes in, like our goal and our mission is to make somebody else look more like Christ. If that's our goal, if that's our mission, then we're headed in the right direction, right? And so I love that quote from her. And, you know, I think anytime you have a conversation about this, it makes sense to kind of talk about both sides of the coin, right? Like we've all been mentors, we've all invested in other people, and we've also hopefully all been on the receiving end of that, right? And so I'd be curious just 
what role this whole conversation has played in your all's life. Um, so I was thinking actually while you were sitting there talking and sharing that story. So my son does play ball. And as you were sitting there talking and you were talking about running when he was in T-ball, a lot of those boys, because they didn't know what they were doing and they had just started, they would run to third base instead of running to first. And I couldn't help but think as we're mentoring, a lot of people are running to God knows where, you know, like the wrong direction because they don't know to run to God. And that's exactly what in my head is, you know, you have people who don't know anything about God or have never, you know, been poured into and, and they're running kind of so and say to third base they're running to the world versus mm. running to first which where you know are running to god so that that really just struck a chord with me when you were sitting there talking i was like wow what a great analogy to really think about how mentorship is so important whether or not it be in the next generation or just people around you um, feeding into each other, you know, growing together, growing towards Jesus. It's not, you know, we're not in a race chasing each other. We're in a race going towards mm -hmm. God. And um, so mentorship in that way is such an important role for me, um, just for the fact that there's so much to learn from others out there. And, you know, I know that, I can only myself pour into what, but there's other people's experiences, other people's encounters with God, other people's, um, you know, just what he shows them because he might show me something completely different. You know, it's just like you get a scripture and a, a preacher preaches something on it. And then someone else talks something, you know, completely different on that scripture mm -hmm. that the way that God has spoke to them through that passage, you know, it's, it's just awesome to have that mentorship. And that's kind of what I see it as in a whole of that we all need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes back to just the whole verse of like the word of God is living and active. Right. And so it's so cool back to your point of, you know, somebody could speak to one pastor this way and then that message goes forth. And then somebody else is in a small group pouring into people and, you know, God showed them something totally different about the same passage, but somebody else in their group happened to listen to that same sermon. And, and so then multiple sets of eyes just give such a rich context of God's word. And so, yeah, I love that you bring that out. That's so important. And, you know, as I was kind of thinking about this today and thinking about kind of both sides, so let's start with, let's say you're be the, you're the person being poured into, you're the younger person, right? So let's think about some things that kind of point back to that or things to remember in that. One, you have such a great opportunity to ask a lot of questions, right? And I'm going to say the same thing on the mentor side. I think one of the most important things a mentor could ever do is ask a lot of questions and not have all the answers. Right. And so if you have somebody pouring into your life, especially, you know, I think in the context of this conversation, we're talking about more of a spiritual mentor. You can have people are pouring into you in a lot of areas of life, but kind of specific to that. Right. Um, you know, that's, that's really important. And I think a lot of times we go into these relationships really without any defined goals and we just, we know we need mentorship and we, we desire for somebody to pour into us, but we don't really kind of define like, okay, what does that, what do I see that relationship looking like? What am I, what am I looking to gain or, or get out of this relationship? And, you know, I can think of a lot of really informal mentors in my life where, you know, they just 
fulfilled that role and I never asked him to, and that's a beautiful thing. But if you're specifically in a season where, you know, you're struggling in a certain area and God lays somebody on your heart, you know, just even having a conversation of, Hey, there's this book out there that, you know, God really kind of put on my heart and I just want somebody to walk through it with me. Would you be that person? You know, let's, you know, maybe we meet every other week for coffee and, you know, something as simple as that can kind of put boundaries around, you know, not only expectations for you, but expectations for that person who's pouring into you so that they kind of know what you're asking of them. Right. Which sounds silly maybe, or, or simple maybe, but it really can kind of help. And I've found that really helpful in my own life. And I think another piece of being poured into that I would be remiss if I said everything else, but I didn't say this is vulnerability right? And this is on both sides of the coin, but sometimes that's really hard. Sometimes we walk through is crap. Is the word crap allowed on this? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, right. it out if it's not, but like sometimes we just are going through a really crappy season, right? And we just need somebody to walk with us. And so maybe that's where you are and vulnerability is really, really hard. However, God is faithful to provide that right place to walk with you through that. And so that's what I would say to seek after is somebody who, you know, you're like-minded with that you feel a freedom to, to be vulnerable with and God will honor that. Right. And, um, as you, we were talking before we hit record, you know, our stories are not beyond redemption and God is a God of redemption. And so, you know, that's one thing I would encourage your listeners with and, um, the last thing that came to mind is just remembering that, you know, every relationship in our lives is a two-way street mm-hmm. or should be a two-way street, right? And so I, this brings me back to kind of one of my friendships that I saw, I saw this woman in my life really model mentorship well for me. Her name is Gina. I've talked about her a ton on my podcast and she and I were running buddies. That's how we met each other. And somebody found out we went to the same church and we, it was a mega church. So we just hadn't, you know, crossed paths and somebody introduced us and she is mom of three little girls and she would train really early in the morning. She's an amazing runner and I would try to keep up with her and about going to cardiac arrest every time, (laughs) but she was such a joy to spend time with. And is one of my dear friends even today. And I think the thing that I loved about our friendship and I, and I love to this day about our friendship is it's, it's a two way street, right? Like she's walked with me in some really hard seasons and I've also walked alongside her and I've came over and played with her kids while she got something done. Or, you know, we've had conversations where she's been real and honest with me about hard seasons of life that are still ahead of me. Right. Like I was single when we lived in the same neighborhood. And so she let me in, in times where, you know, she got in an argument with her husband and she, right before we came on a run and she'd say, man, you know, we've had a really hard day or, Hey, I lost it in front of my kids today, but here's how I reconciled it. And she just kind of let me into those spaces. And, but part of that was our friendship was a two way street. And Mm -hmm. so I think to a person who's being poured into just remember, it's not all about us also. Right. So pray for your mentor, ask how you can pray for your mentor. I'm sure they're asking you how they can pray for you, but make that a two-way street is, is really important. 
And I think just leads to richer friendships or it has in my life. So that I would say is, is super important. And then kind of on the other side of that coin, you know, I started with asking questions, right? So I think something really cool to remember as a mentor is to ask a lot of questions and to not have all the right answers, right? Again, back to what we started with, we're not mentoring people so that they become more like us. We're mentoring them so that they become more like Christ. And so asking thoughtful questions and leading them in a Godward direction, I think is our goal, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's not having all the answers. So I hope that's freeing to somebody who feels like, man, I'm entering into this kind of friendship or this kind of relationship, but I don't have it all together, you know, and, and none of us do, none of us ever will. And so, you know, again, with that vulnerability piece, the more vulnerable you are and the more vulnerable your mentee is, the more rich your relationship will be because you're, you're going to figure out the tough stuff and the valleys and all those things together, hopefully with God's word as your guide. And, and that's it. That's discipleship. That's mentorship. And, um, you know, so I would say, you know, the asking questions piece, the not having all the answers, being real, being authentic, those things are really important. And the things that I've kind of admired about mentors in my life. And so, you know, I think scripturally we see the case for the importance of all this. So just today I was reading in Titus, kind of going back over that passage that, you know, the famous passage we always go back to of kind of the older women investing in the younger women. And it says, be reverent, you know, free of malicious gossip, enslaved to, not enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good, encouraging younger women to love their husbands and love their children. And mm. to your listener, I would just, I would just, you know, encourage you to go back to your Bible and just read that passage, say it out loud yeah. and kind of take an inventory of your life and think, Hmm, is my heart in a posture of being reverent towards God? Do I gossip? That's a hard one. That's a hard one in the time that we live in. And, you know, I think we, all three of us live in the Bible belt. Right. And so we all um, have experienced that culture of gossip masks masked as a prayer request. Right. And, and I think we all have experienced that. And so just really taking inventory of your heart and the posture of your heart uh, as you're walking with people. And, you know, is that a part of, of what you're doing, uh, being enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good, encouraging younger women to love their husbands and love their children. How are people seeing your relationship with your husband and your kids? Yeah. What does that look like? How are you, you know, most importantly, managing your own household in the context of your own home, those pieces that nobody are, are ever going to see, right? That's, let's start there. But then even outside of that, thinking about how are you modeling that for the people that you're pouring into? What does that look like? How are you, you know, working through the hard stuff? Because the reality is life is not easy. This season is not easy. Marriage or motherhood. I'm not a mom yet, but I, I know enough to know that neither one of those things are ever easy. Right. And, um, you know, I think the beautiful thing is when we can be humble and, and vulnerable enough to walk through, um, walk through those things and those hard seasons with, 
God's word is our guide and pointing people again in a Godward direction. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that kind of being our trajectory, I think that's what, you know, as I look at that passage, that's what I think um, God would have us take away is just having that as our, our posture. And, um, you know, I think what God really challenged me with today is thinking, you know, we have a lot of thoughts about generations, like talking about generational differences. I don't know what makes it such a like touchy conversation, but you look at every, it doesn't matter what generation you're talking about. There are things that annoy or, you know, kind of eat at the generation before and after it, right? It, it's been, I think it's been that way since the dawn of time, since people were a thing, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we would just lay some of those like really petty things aside, I think it would really help us because what God was just really putting on my heart was, you know, each new generation is the future of the church. Yeah. So you're looking at your kids or you're looking at that college student that has the tendencies of a millennial that, you know, annoy you or whatever. She's the future of the church. Mm-hmm. Those girls that you're pouring into in your small group, they're the future of the church. Yeah. You know, that family member that you get to see a few times a year and, and you have, you know, limited conversations with um, just because of proximity, don't waste those times because they're the future of the church. And so, you know, we should be doing all we can to lead and invest in that. That's, that's part of, I think, you know, our role in, and where we are today. And it, it even brings me back to like the greatest commandment, right? Is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. There've been many times when my neighbor and the, the person that God has put on my heart has been, you know, somebody younger than me that God's calling me to pour into. And so, um, it's just important even, you know, and especially in this kind of season that we don't forsake that and that we are intentional. You know, I, I went to this event last fall before, you know, back when we had events and like we actually <laughs> gathered in large groups of people. That was a thing like in our history. Um, I went and heard Jenny Allen speak because she was about to release her new book, Get Out of Your Head. Also, if you haven't picked that one up yet, it's like the best book ever in 2020. And she, so she was sharing all about the book. It was about toxic thinking. So before the event started, she did this Q and a, and it was like 50 people at this big church and you could buy like a VIP ticket or whatever to come to the Q and a. And so obviously I did because I'm Jenny Allen's biggest fan. And (laughs) so she let people just ask her questions, anything you wanted to ask her for like 30 minutes. And So I asked her, if you were to go back to like 20 year old Jenny, what would you tell Jenny now that Jenny didn't know then? And she said, uh, her answer was so wise. And she said, well, I actually can tell you what somebody told me at that age. That's been like the best advice that I've ever gotten. And she met Beth Moore at a really young age. I think she like they lived in the same town and she got the chance to meet her at something. And, you know, back when Beth Moore was like becoming a big, a big speaker and author. And she kind of asked Beth a similar question. And Beth told her really at this point, Jenny, what I would tell you is go home and study your Bible and go make disciples. 
It's the most important thing that you could ever do this side of eternity. And so she said, you know, I'll look at my ministry and I've written books and I've spoken on stages and I've led if gathering and all these things. And, you know, with the hope that it'll advance the gospel and it has, but I can't help but wonder if when I get to heaven and I, you know, I hope to hear well done if, you know, what won't be the most precious will be the times when I gathered people around my kitchen table and I just poured into a few people just like Jesus did. Right. So that was so powerful to me and just such a good reminder. I think, you know, I'm, I'm in that place and you all are in that place as people who, you know, you have a podcast and you have this ministry and you're doing these great things for God, which are great things. Right. But I never want to forget, you know, just the beauty of yes taking a college student to dinner and talking about their breakup that they just went through and discipling them through that. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. I actually, I want to share scripture really fast. And I also want to share something that I read today that is just to me. So what, let me read the scripture first. I'll get ahead of myself. I'll just start rambling in a minute. All right, so it's Psalm 78, and it's one through eight. It says, my people hear my teaching, listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from things from of old, things we have heard and known, things that our ancestor, ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. He decreed statues for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children. So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. They would not be like their ancestors, a stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits were not faithful to him. And so I read that scripture and then I also had looked up something today and it was on a webpage and I want to share it. It, it just talks about how we pour into the next generation. And there was, um, six things like specific things. And of course, I don't know if that's a nerd thing or what, I don't even know, but I like to take letters and make them into words so that I can, like I know them better and I can memorize them. What is that acronym? Yes, that's what it was. So I love to make those. So this scripture is Psalm 78, one through eight. Well, this, if you make it into an acronym is Psalms. And so I'm going to read it. It's, it's one, what we can do for the next generation is pray for them. Um, the second that we can do for the next generation is share with them, share with them the love of Christ, share with them our experiences, share with them who God is. Um, the next thing is appreciate them. Like you just said, like take them to dinner, just show them that love of Christ, like pour that out onto them. Um, the next is listen to them listen, go and listen to what they have to say. You know, even though say you're mentoring someone in the next generation, you know, they need a listening ear just as well as we do from our mentors. And they just need someone to care and, and to listen to what they have to say. Um, the next thing was mentor them. So that's what we've been talking about this whole time. And the last thing is to serve with them. And, Mm -hmm. I love that Susan and I have older girls that we're able to 
they're able to see how we serve, but the most, the best thing is, is that we're also able to serve alongside of them. We're able to take them to church and we're able to show them, you know, um, if we, if we take dinner to someone else, come with us or you take it, you know, like just things like that to show them, like, this is how you serve and you make, you know, and you show the love of God to other people. And it, and it's not about what we know, but like you said, it's, it's about directing them to Jesus, not, not to who we are. And and I think that's all with showing the love of God and everything that we do listening or mentoring or whatever. So I thought that was just so cool. You know, the, it, the scriptures in Psalm and that made up Psalms mm. to remember, and I was like, "Oh wow!" Like I, I probably can remember this now. <laughs> That's so cool. I love that. I love Pretty that. Cool. And it just makes me think of you know a couple things. One, the words like discipleship or investing in the next generation or mentorship; those things can sound really daunting. So I fully realize that there may be people listening who think, wow, leading a small group is way out of the league or, you know, mentorship sounds so daunting or, you know, gosh, I would love to pour into somebody, but how could God use me? Like that, that like false sense of humility, right? Thing that's not really like humility in the sense that like God would define it. And what I would just encourage you with is, it does not have to be complicated, right? Like the most sweet friendships that I've had where I've, you know, God's opened doors and allowed me to pour in or, you know, my running buddy, Gina is another great example of, she just used the time that she had to be intentional and pour in to somebody God put in front of her, which I'm so blessed that that was me. And so just thinking about like, who's around the block from you or who is, you know, that girl that, you know, from your church that you just kind of click with, but you've just never really gotten to know her or, you know, that just those spaces in your life that maybe have some margin, just think about, you know, how you could use that time or or think about those people that you might be able to pour into that are just right in front of you. Right. And take them to dinner, read a book together, just get to know them. Right. Like all the examples that we're giving are not, not rocket science. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to have it all together or have all the answers, but just walking with somebody and showing them the love of Christ, serving with them, you know, there's so much opportunity for that, especially in the local church. And so those are just some really good examples. And you brought another point, you know, the way that acronym started off was prayer. And that was another something on my list that I I don't know how I skipped that, but, you know, I think. I would encourage your listeners as well, not just to, you know, oh yeah, great. I'll be share. I'll, I'll be praying for that, but like actually stop and pray over the people that you're pouring into, right. And be specific, walk with them in, you know, those seasons that maybe they're, they're seeking that mentorship for and, and go to God in prayer. And, you know, I think so many times, especially if we're, if we're stale, you know, in our walk with the Lord, or we all, you know, sometimes we all have those seasons, um, you know, and maybe our prayer life isn't where we would desire it to be. Um, that can change today. And, you know, sometimes if we go a time without praying, it's just easier to go longer without praying. But I would just encourage you that, um, you know, if you're anything like me, I don't know if you guys know anything about the Enneagram, 
Yes. Okay. So I'm a three. So I'm an achiever. And sometimes in my walk with God, I can carry those, those parts of me that are are not yet sanctified (laughs) and that, uh, you know, the parts of me who want, who likes checking boxes and likes achieving things, I can bring that into my relationship with God, which is not, not at all how it's supposed to be. And I like checking boxes and I like feeling like I've accomplished something. And so if, you know, let's say I've, it's at the end of the day and I realize, gosh, I haven't been in God's word. Well, let's not go down the path of, well, I've messed it up because I didn't do it first thing in the morning, just like I said I would, or, you know, I forgot till the end of the day to pray for, you know, that such and such person. So I'll just start again tomorrow. No, we can, we can stop right now and, you know, invest in those just spiritual disciplines again, um, without feeling like, gosh, I didn't check that box. Just the, just the right way as maybe I would have liked to. So I would encourage your listeners with that as well. Yeah, that's good. I, all y'all are saying, I'm sitting here listening, you know, I, Crystal and I both had like, I've got a million things to say and I'm trying to sum it up in one, <laughs> one little paragraph. So, you know, I, I can't speak for Crystal, but I know that we both had people who men, mentored us, you know, from childhood up. And I think about, I had two main people as a, a mother daughter team. And so I remember just, all the things that they did to bring me alongside them, to love me. Um, they spoiled me, but I mean, there was other things too. They showed Jesus just through their actions. And so that's something I'll never forget. And so for us, I feel like it's such an important thing because that's our mission. That's our goal. And and yours too, is to lead as many people to Christ as we can, but with she sheds real light, you know, we want to be transparent and honest in what you were saying about letting people see the real you. I mean, that doesn't mean we have to give them all the messy details and tell them all the business, but obviously when we let them see us and see the struggles that we're human, we face things too, you know, it allows room for that grace to come in and it it shows them that no one's perfect, regardless if we have a TV show and a podcast and we've got this going for us and they just feel like they have no starting point. And they're just like, well, I don't even know what God wants me to do. I mean, I've been there. Wasn't that long ago. And I was like, what, what is your purpose? So, you know, that being something that us three, you know, have the desire for and to bring people up under us and to take care of them and to mentor them and to just shed the light of Jesus Christ on, on to them. You know, it, it's just yeah. so important, but prayer for sure being has to be an intentional thing. And so even praying along with the people that you're mentoring, you know, I think some of us shy away from it at times, especially if it's something that's new to you or even mentoring somebody's new to you. Like it can be can be a little scary. I mean, you don't know what to expect, but a lot of people have a hard time opening up in prayer around people, which is understandable, but praying for that person. I know in the past, I've just sent a a simple prayer text to someone and and it really makes a difference in their lives. Mm -hmm. I've had people that have done that for me. And so it's not something that we have to make it big and complicated over. It really is something that can be simple Mm as long as we're intentional about it and we're prayerful about it and, and purposeful. Yeah, I agree. There's a resource that just came to my mind, so I'll share it. If that's an area that you're really passionate about growing in, or you feel God kind of putting that on your heart, there's a book called The Battle Plan for Prayer, and the Kendrick Brothers wrote it a couple years ago, and our church went through it last year on Sunday nights. We do like a a prayer time instead of another service, and it's probably the most powerful book on prayer that I've ever read. So if that's something 
or it's an area that you want to grow in, that would be like a favorite resource to share. That's awesome. I love that. Mm-hmm. I would just encourage people to just invest in those relationships in front of you, be intentional, be vulnerable, like we talked about. And, you know, God's going to honor that. That's yeah. the, that's the cool thing is it doesn't have to be complicated. Um, but just really, really investing in who God puts in front of you and um, kind of putting some of these principles that we talked about, right? Like asking questions and kind of setting those goals or those boundaries for the relationship and realizing a two-way street, it's a two-way street, all those things Mm -hmm. and just bearing those in mind. But um, but I love this topic. I think it's so important, especially in the time that we're in now. And man, we're all, we've all been so isolated for so long. And so it's, really sweet to have those moments where we do get to be poured into and and pour into others. So I was just thinking too, as we were talking about the pouring in and and mentoring as well. And um, I just want to let other people know that it's not just, you know, we want to pour into the next generation, but you might be in a position where you have people that are older than you that might not still be following the right track and it doesn't mean that you can't as well mentor them or just show them who God is. Um, You could be working with someone or beside someone and I'm a firm believer that God puts you in positions, um, whether or not it's for a little bit or for a long time, because he needs you there Mm -hmm. and you can be used. And so I would also say, pray about where you are, whether or not it be at work or, or, um, and just even in a store and you get that, um, that feeling of, I need to pray with this person or that person just confides in you, but just, just to take that position, um, and know that God has put you there for a reason, um, and that you can be used. And so don't just think that, you know, we, I am, a, I am all into wanting to pour in the next generation. Like I, I mean, that, that is who's up and coming and that is who's going to be, you know, the disciples of the next generation and the next generation, but know too that, you know, that you are where you are for a reason and that other people might not know God and you can still pour into those who are also older than you. And, and so just, um, being committed to just serve the Lord, I think, and just loving people right where they are, which we have talked about so many times, no matter how old they are, what they look like, just loving people right where they are. Um, just as Jesus does. So, yeah, that's so good. I love that. So share with people why after or where, as we end this, where they can find you um, and all your kind of like stuff to plug so that they sure. can look you up. Sure. So my podcast is called Do the Thing Movement. So anywhere you like to download podcasts, that is there. And either website you want to take a look at. So more of like writing, speaking stuff would be at RebeccaDotsonGeorge.com. So R-E-B-E-C-C-A-D-O-T-S-O-N-G-E-O-R-G-E.com. And then do the thing movement.com is more of the, the podcast website that you can kind of check out there as well. And then I do some coaching on the side as well. I really love pouring into people kind of um, coming up in this space and the podcasting space. So if that's something that you do and you're looking for, that can be found on the website as well. And then everywhere on social, I'm there as well. Just my name. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming and doing this. Like, I hope that our friendship can just continue to blossom. Um, 
I, we love that you took the opportunity to just say, hey, I don't know these girls, but I'm going to just help them and, and pour it into them because that's what you've done to us as well today. So thank you for just taking this time to honestly mentor us in a way. Yeah. Oh, well, this has been so fun and I love how Instagram and social media has connected me to so many fun people this year. And so y'all are, are two of those people and this has been so much fun. Yes, it has. And I hope that this too is like an example to people. Cause I know a lot of people shy away when they see, Oh, well, she, she podcast and now she podcast and like, Oh, that's like competition. Like, I hope it shows that like, we're not like we had mentioned, we're not in competition. We're all on the same mission together. And so there's room for everybody. Like right. there never can be enough. And so I hope that too is an example of that, uh, you know, that God needs all of us for something for that purpose, like Crystal was talking about, but we can all accomplish it together because not one of us can do it on our own. Yeah. So thank you so, so much for being willing to be here today. We are so thankful. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yes. We will talk to y'all next week. All right. See you guys later. Bye. Bye.